bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 15, Online to Offline to Online to Offline? Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> uh, the title of this episode is... Uh, it's fun. So hopefully you'll get the idea of why we decided... No, that was not a we decision. I did not ask Axis the premier guest of today's podcast episode <laughs> about that title, but it's a fun title. I'm keeping it. I just came up with it as I was starting to record. Just just before I hit record, I said, I want to call it that. <laughs> online to offline to online to offline, question mark? Yeah. <laughs> I should stop talking so that we can let you get to the interview. Please enjoy this amazing conversation with Axis. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so happy to be joined by Axis. You know him as a New Jersey-based Smash Bros. TO for at GSS Smash. And Axis, I'm so happy that you joined me today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I wanted to start by asking, I don't always ask this, but I'm curious in particular for you, Axis, where did that come from in terms of your handle and your online presence name, if, if that makes sense? Oh, the tag. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So really, I'm just going to be honest. Axis kind of just came as something that was like, oh, I need like a tag for tournaments because I had like an old like Xbox like handle, you know, like growing up and that didn't really fit. Um, so I need like a tag. I'm like, you know what? Axis sounds kind of cool. It's like short, simple. You know, I'll just go with that. But recently, it's funny you bring that up because my friends have been trying to convince me to change my tag. To, to just something in particular? Or are they just saying, you know what, Axis <laughs> is, that's so 2018. We need something new. You need to rebrand. Yeah, they there are two in particular that they want me to change it to. Um, one is an inside joke, which is pinball, um, which is really funny sounding. I think it's a funny tag. I wouldn't do it, though. Um, and the other one is fridge. I I don't know why that one, but that was brought up recently. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess both of those. Don't take those. In the meantime, though, uh, I may switch my tag, but probably not. You got everybody's hopes up when you were talking about penball. You kind of made it sound like it might be a winner, but then you quickly said, "Oh, by the way, that's not happening." <laughs> oh no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, my friends want it so bad, but I'm I'm not going to give it to them. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know how often, I'm sure it happens, people switching tags after a while, they get to a certain point. I, I guess the most famous example is Dr. PP going to PPMD a while back. I have, but I'm thinking about why you would go from Axis to either Fridge or Pinball. And yeah, I guess it just has, you have to be there. You have to be there. But in the meantime, Axis sounds cool. I agree. So I wanted to also ask about your origin story, if you will, how Melee came to be a thing in your life. It doesn't just happen by accident. So when did that first start for you? So Melee kind of happened for me when I first started getting into the competitive scene was like 2017. Um, I had played before, like growing up, like Brawl was one of my favorite games. I had the Wii growing up, um, you know, just like anyone else kind of like spamming down B as Kirby and doing that sort of thing. But I really, I really liked the game. Uh, 
didn't get a Wii U because that console was really bad. Um, You're correct kind of, in saying that. Yeah, I I did not get that console and kind of forgot about Smash. But then uh, in 2017, since in the meantime, I'd started playing things like League of Legends, looking at other esports, um, and I had heard about Mango. I was like, oh, I heard that Mango was like in this Smash tournament. And I tune in and it was Royal Flush Top 8 which is one of my favorite tournaments of all time. And, you know, just so happened to be 15 games of Mango Armada and Mango won the whole thing and had that crazy pop-off. And once I saw that, I'm like, I am going to start playing Melee, like, right now. <laughs> that is a heck of a first tournament to catch live. I would, that, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> nothing really beat that tournament for a while. Um... Because Mango, he, like, won SmashCon that year, and then I think just, like, stopped winning. And, you know, I mean, Armada was, like, retiring, you know, I, that came later down the line. Not, not like, right after, but, you know, it was just at a weird point for a long time where I didn't have, like, a tournament that beat Royal Flush. It was sort of the time frame. Now, I came in in terms of paying more attention to competitive melee at the end of 2018. So Armada had already retired, and this was Leffen versus Hbox in the Smash Summit towards the end of the year. And Hungerbox 3-0'd him, I believe, in Grand Finals or something like that. But this was the time in 2017 or so when Hungrybox versus Armada Grand Finals started to really become a regular thing. And for most of the melee community, they seem to get a little tired of that after <laughs> after a little while. There were a lot of Armada versus Hungrybox Grand Finals in 2017 and 2018. So I can imagine because, you know, the Mango, the Kid, the Goat, the Buster not being in a Grand Finals for a little while and, and went on a bit of a dry spell. But you would have started paying more attention to tournaments. When did you first start saying to yourself, I want to go to one? Was it from the jump, playing more Melee? Did you get into a local the next week, or how long did that take? No, it took me a really long time, because I started playing... 2017, I was like 14, um, and there were no locals around me, and it was very difficult convincing my parents to uh, to go to, you know, bring me to a local, you know, and have me do whatever they're like, just... I would, I would do, like, as much as I could at locals when I was able to go, um, you know, commentate, just play friendlies, in bracket, doubles, whatever. Like, I was always trying to play as much as I could because it was so rare. But I didn't go to an actual local until a year after I started playing. I want to say, like, May 2018. But in that time, I had started um, doing online tournaments, actually, which now they're super huge. But, like, back in the day, uh, not so much. Like, there were maybe 20 people, which is pretty good for, for at the time. But, I mean, looking at how big tournaments are now, it's crazy. You first started with the online side of things. Is that what, is that what I understood correctly? Yeah. So, I, I would, like, uh, play with my friends, like, on Netplay. Um, kind of just, like, learning the game. You know, wave dashing, dash dancing, out canceling, all that. Uh, for a couple months, and then I started like going on Smash Ladder, playing on there, and then entering tournaments on Netplay around the end of 2017. So, and that that's actually I don't know how often 
I've gotten to speak to people who have started around that time frame where they're going, I can't go to these locals, I can't fly to all these majors. And in your instance, it was because of the age factor. But growing up and cutting your teeth, if you will, on the Anthers Ladder side of things and going to net play tournaments, this was back in the delay-based net code days. And I'm sure that there were plenty of people who in that realm, in that world, we're all about having as good of a connection as possible and this, that, and the third, are plenty of Johns all around. But <laughs> what was your experience? Because you, you're, you're not thinking about snapback controller modification stuff. You can't, you can't start there. It's too overwhelming. How did you make it simpler, if you will? How did you make it more digestible? Or did you, even, did you not even think of it that way when you were learning Melee? Um, I guess like... At first, I, I kind of jumped into, like, the competitive stuff, like, just, like, the basics, again, looking at SSBM tutorials and that sort of thing. Um, and then I would just play my friend a bunch who was pretty good, but he was, like, like casual. Like, he was good as, like, a casual because he played a lot, but didn't really, like, know any of the competitive mechanics. Um, and so over time, like, I just slowly went from him beating me with every character in the cast to... Um, you know, me starting to, like, win when he played his main, and then, like, me three-stalking him, four-stalking him over, you know, a couple months to a year. Um, and that's kind of how I eased into, like, competitive scene, is because I'd play him a lot, and then, like, go on Smash Ladder, or, like, in uh, the, the tournament discords, like, ask for friendlies, and, like, people were really nice, uh, and and I got to play with them a bunch, so it was uh, really cool, actually, starting out in like that online era. That is that is wonderful to hear that you had an overall positive experience. I feel like <laughs> if you were to listen to Twitter all the time or Reddit all the time, they would be telling you how awful it is. But that's really cool to hear. And what region, I don't want to dox too much, what region were you in at the time? Like East Coast, West Coast? We can keep it like that. No, I, I'm, I'm fine saying that, uh, you know, I've been New Jersey basically you know, my entire life. Um, and I mean, in terms of online regions, there wasn't much like East coast, I guess you had like Southeast Midwest. Now it's all kind of just like East coast or West coast with the rollback. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've been specifically New Jersey and, um, you know, playing, playing tournaments in the area, uh, offline since like the end of 2018. And so the end of 2018 is when Ultimate comes out. So I'm sure these locals sort of have a little bit of everything. Did you kind of ever get tempted to be pulled into any of the other Smash games, Ultimate in particular, when you first started going to in-person locals? And what was it like when you first started with that? Yeah, I uh, I did get into Ultimate. I'm still uh, a TO for the game. And also, I consider myself a player. Not really playing during uh, the online era because, you know, the netcode's really bad and just not uh, not as much fun as Melee in general. But um, I, I still enjoy playing the game. And uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely got pulled in during the beginning of Ultimate. I went to Let's Make Moves, which was the first like huge major in New Jersey for Ultimate. There were a couple other tourneys. One run by the Swooper, actually. Um, and uh, that one went to like 3 a.m., which was really funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely played Ultimate for a bit. Went to locals in like the end of 2018 and then like school kind of picked back up for me. And then like after 
like summer 2019 is when I was able to start TOing offline and not just like online events like I was doing for the past couple of years. How quickly did you get into TOing? Because you're making it sound like it happened pretty quickly from when you were getting interested in Melee in the first place. What was that timeline of going, I don't want to just play, I want to TO? Um, probably a, a couple months after I started entering online tournaments. So end of 20, 2017, I said, was when I first started entering online tournaments. And then a couple months later, I realized... Um, you know, an online tournament needed, like, a streamer for their event. So I'm like, you know what? I'll start doing that. Um, you know, the TOs aren't able to stream it right now, so let me hop in there uh, and start streaming those events. And I had a really good time doing that. I met a lot of really good people from TOing who I'm still great friends with today. Um, and then it escalated from just running stream to, you know, also helping run the bracket. And, uh, and then I was... At one point, like, I definitely want to take this to, like, an offline setting and learn how to run a local, like, rent a venue, you know, advertise and go to, like, these New Jersey tournaments and hold my own uh, and kind of be involved with, like, the offline scene more as a whole. I mean, just a few months of competing and then, well, I guess the other question with that is you, you, you were aware of your skill level compared to the rest of the field, people who've been playing for years up to that point, and you're only just getting started. When you were first starting and a few months in, and then you're TOing and you're still playing, I'm assuming, were you thinking to yourself at a certain point, yeah, best in the world, probably not me. Were you still thinking, I want to get better at this game? Or have you reached since that time frame, even up to today, have you re reached the scale level that you feel like you want to be in in regards to I'm really to sorry. You cut out there in the, in the middle of that for me. My computer is kind of messing up. I'm sorry. It was like uh, best, best in the world, I think, is where it uh, left off. No worries. It was more or less, have you... Have you reached the skill level in Melee between the time that you started and now? You can even go up to now. Have you reached the skill level that you that you I wanted to, or do you still feel like Melee. you want to get better um, at Melee? I've been focusing more on playing in the past couple of months of rollback, like since beginning of this year, and I've seen like a lot more improvement in my results, which is just like me going from like O two to like maybe like two two three two sometimes, which like you know is is a good improvement for me at least. Um, it's not where I want to, like, uh, where I want to peak. Um, definitely early on when I was looking at all these people who were entering online tournaments um, and I was playing them and I was going 0-2 every week, I'm like, dang, like, you know, maybe I should take this TOing stuff more seriously because I want to still be involved in the scene but not just, like, go 0-2 at tournaments and, and that's it. So, um, yeah, I kind of, like, focused more on TOing up until, like, really this year um, where I kind of shifted more towards like playing a bit obviously also still toing with like the bender and untitled and all these other tournaments that that i help run online but um yeah definitely trying to get better at melee still uh and really just enjoying the game a lot more now that's really fun to hear but uh we will go back a little bit again to 2019 let's just say we're in 2019 now it's the summer this is where you're really in full swing with going into in-person events you're probably starting to leave the online world behind a little bit in terms of entering but were you still helping to run online tournaments or were you focusing completely on in-person in the summer of 2019 
Um, I still helped out a bit with with online tournaments. Um, they were kind of dying at that point. I won't lie. Um, not many people signed up because most of the TOs got busy and the TOs were most of the entrants at that point. So uh, it allowed me to focus more on offline. But when school kind of came back, uh, I was able to you know shift my focus back to uh, online TOing because... Offline, it was still difficult for me to make that much of a commitment to uh, to running a tournament and, you know, getting my parents to get me to, you know, drive me there and, like, rent a venue and everything and all the stuff that comes with offline events. So I was still able to kind of balance both in a way. It sounds like that there might be not just a youth-sized crowd, but a student-sized crowd of people who in the summertime are going, well, yeah, we're going to go to this event, we're going to go to that event, free time, this is great. But then school starts and you're going, okay, well, I can't go out somewhere on a weekday night, but maybe I can sneak in an online bracket. Would you say that's sort of true, not just for you, but across the board for other similarly aged people at the time, or am I, am I off there? No, you're definitely on the spot there. Um, offline brackets definitely shoot up in the summer. Uh, online can also shoot up a bit, surprisingly. Um, it really depends. Like, from 2018 in the summer, um, the online tournaments were pretty active. That's when we had, like, some of our higher entry counts before uh, Corona and, and Rollback Era and all of this. But um, I guess summer 2019, it kind of it died down and people were more focused on, like, the offline events because, obviously... That was where uh, where all the good competition was, and that's where a lot of the fun is as well. So, yeah, but I think I think during the school year it helps students a lot, especially because you're you have like maybe a few a few hours, but you don't want to commute and like spend money and all this. So it's a it's a time sink, right? Or did I lose you there? Are you still talking? Sorry. No, no, no. You're good. <laughs> yeah, I, it- I was done talking, but. Um, it was it, it is a bit of a time sink. I get the impression that at least for Smash Fests, things that are local, it's it's also really important that the socializing aspect is is part of the tournaments that are run. That's what I've gotten the impression from talking to other TOs. But from your perspective, you're you're saying that yeah, online events, especially during the school year, can be really nice and and much less expensive. Because <laughs> it's just, you know, this is just a computer setup, and you got a water bottle or whatever on the side ready to go. You don't have to pay for food and drinks and whatever else. Yeah, I mean, most of the most of the online brackets were free, you know, back then anyways, because, uh, I mean, no one's really playing or <laughs> paying to play in a uh, in a rollback of, or a, a delay-based netcode event because, uh, you know, it lag spikes game five all of a sudden because someone's pressing the Windows key and... <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, I just wasted five bucks. That kind of sucks. So <laughs> It probably would have been hard even for a charity related event. But wh- when you're when you're doing all of this, you're, you're doing it based off of the passion, the idea of this is really fun. I'm really enjoying myself. I love Melee. Let's go Melee. Woo. But I'm, I am curious to like how your attitude shifted over those over that over that time frame i guess especially in 2019 where it feels like you're starting to establish some momentum if you will or maybe you didn't feel that way what were, what was your thought process behind continuing to do these events instead of kind of letting it cool off and do other things yeah i uh i ran a weekly series for like a few weeks in the summer called run it back which was uh 
held in like northern New Jersey. And I was able to get like some pretty good players to go up there. Two Saint went to the first one. Some of the PR players in New Jersey, like uh, Mott Money, Itai, uh, FMB5K, a couple other, you know, players that I'm probably forgetting, Swooper. Um, so I was definitely starting to get momentum. That was like my first kind of like big offline like series, first ever really offline series that that I ran. And then I had to take a break for six months, but I was still like trying to get some some traction going, you know, make sure people don't forget about me. And then uh, I announced Garden State Smashdown uh, around the end of October. And that was like the big like regional event I had planned for like months. And, you know, I got like a really nice venue and I was trying to get all these top players to go. And that was the event where I think it really started like popping off for me. And this was something that I realized like I could transition more into to even like make money or just like, you know, be like a, a larger figurehead in the scene. And the first one that was held, Garden State Smashdown or Smackdown? What was it again? I'm sorry. Garden State Smashdown. Everyone everyone mixes up the name. It's okay. <laughs> Smashdown. No, I'm going to try really hard not to forget. But when, when was the first one held? It was held uh, at the end of December in 2019, um, like during during the Christmas break. Oh, man. I'm just like clutching my heart right now. Well, not the true one, but then I know what happens next. We all know what happens next. And it's, it now is probably as good a time as any to talk about it. March of 2020, when things start to develop, if you will. What was your thought process during that time when the pandemic first hit? I was really excited for like what I had planned in like the next couple of months before, you know, COVID really took over because I had gotten my driver's license a couple months ago and I had started um, a new like bi-weekly like ultimate series with another TO in New Jersey, um, Nerds, Geeks, and Gamers. Shout outs to, to Carlos. Um, and I was really excited to do that. Maybe even bring like my run it back weekly back, do a second Garden State Smashdown. And uh, I was ready to ride that momentum and then everything just kind of stopped. And it's like, oh, this sucks. And I had to go back to online events all of a sudden. I'm like, this is what I tried to get away from for like two years. Not that I don't enjoy it, but just that I was so ready for offline. And it just really, um, it really sucked for a bit until uh, till Save Us Untitled actually reached out to me, which, which was pretty cool. And we could kind of get into like, my role for like untitled i guess absolutely please by all means you're just not you're not sitting at home twiddling your fingers per se but when would you say save as untitled reached out to you was it like at the end of march or maybe perhaps closer to may what was the time frame back in 2020 for that um probably in like the middle of march i think he had um he was either planning his first untitled like tournament or it was after the first one I kind of just like hopped in his stream and because I had streamed, you know, uh, online events for so long, he was familiar with, with the stream I was doing, I guess, uh, which is really cool to think about. Um, when I kind of said, Hey, he's like, Oh, like, by the way, I think I need like a secondary stream for untitled and I want you to run it. Just kind of like said that on stream. And I'm like, Oh, I'll, like, okay, I'll let's go. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm very surprised you know me. Thank you. Um, and then we talked it out in, in Discord DMs, and he's like, you know, I'll, I'll 
get a TO role going for you. And, you know, this is the team. And it was it was Patty, Stock Money, Gene Dola, like all of these really, really good melee TOs from around New England and uh, Tri-State. And I was just like really amazed I was a part of such an amazing team uh, right at the start of like quarantine, as well as, you know, going back to the online events that I had been running for, for two years, getting those back up and running. I got to say, I do remember for my part when the pandemic first hit and all of a sudden no more no more LAN events and we're all going to online. I remember the Save is Untitled series being such a regular staple right at the jump. That's what I remember. And I wouldn't have been able to tell you other than Save is Untitled is the one who's quote unquote running it or it's on the stream. But that was something that I was amazed by. That and it's known as Rollback Rumble now, but the Rona Rumble series also came up pretty quickly. So those were the two that I remember of. And I, it's helpful that I'm in the East Coast, but did you start to feel after doing that for maybe a month or so or maybe two months? Because it did go for a little while. I don't know how regular it is now, but we'll, we'll get to now. Uh, at first, when you get to a certain point where everyone has sort of digested delay-based netcode because I'm sure there was a large percentage or at least a part of a percentage of players who were going, well, I'm doing this because there's no LAN events to go to. This is my first online experience. And this is kind of like, uh, this is kind of like, uh, what, what was the, what was the <laughs> field like for you? Like when you would take the temperature of an online discord, what would it be like from your perspective? Um, there were definitely a lot of people who didn't know how the online events worked, uh, which is to be expected. Uh, when it comes to streaming, uh, a lot of people were not familiar with unporting people, which you had to do in delay-based era. You had to join the same code and then unport the person, and people were like, the streamer causes lag, like, even if they're unported, which is not true, um, but people would like to complain about it, and, like, you know, just complaining about connections in general. There were a lot more lag tests back then and that sort of thing. So definitely people who were unhappy with it, and I don't blame them. I understand the frustrations with delay-based uh, tournaments and whatnot. But I think that it was still very positive because it was bringing in... I think Save did a really good, really good job at this, uh, which was like... A couple of months after Untitled was established, he started bringing in new, like, commentators who were, like, just starting out, like, during the pandemic and kind of were just like, yeah, I want to hop on the mic, but I've never been able to go to, like, a tournament or whatever. Like, I've never known how to get in the commentary and doing that. And also with his stream production value and all of the new players coming in, like, building all of these new storylines, I think Save did a great job. Shout outs to Save is Untitled. If I if I may ask, I feel like I don't see Save is Untitled a lot as of as of right now. So I don't want to make this whole thing focused on him, but like <laughs> TLDR, what's going on with him? Um, so as far as I know, Save is still active like on Discord and whatnot. Not not as active as he used to be. Um, but he's still around every once in a while. I'm in his uh his stream Discord, he says hi. Um and yeah, I mean what happened was during the rollback era, like right when it launched, he tried to do a stream for it with like Discord screen share, which, uh, you know, broadcast mode for the Slippy launcher wasn't out at the time. So that was the workaround. And uh, it was really difficult um, to set that up. I know I didn't stream that event because I wasn't sure 
had to do that myself. Um, and it was like very difficult to do all of that. And also save had, um, other stuff going on in the community. And then, uh, I think he just kind of like took a step away and, uh, kind of got an IRL job, you know, not doing the melee, the melee dream, unfortunately. Um, but he's doing a lot better. I, I think from when I've last talked to him. So, right. Because we can't all, I mean, I'm, I'm deep in the melee thing currently in terms of podcasting, but it's not going to be forever. As sad as that is to say, we all have, you know, roles and then to kind of move on that sort of thing. I mean, that makes sense as well. I vaguely recall that stream, by the way, <laughs> when they were trying to figure out screen share and all this kind of stuff. And it did hold up or it held up the bracket, all that kind of stuff. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking, this is really cool that we're getting this rollback thing, which I've never, I had never heard of the concept of rollback netcode. So I'm thinking this is going to save melee. But I, I remember the first month or so that without, <laughs> I mean, stage select wasn't even a thing. People were having to oh, random God. it, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they, that was also holding up the bracket was, yeah, the random stage select. Um, there was an emote that Save made that was literally a uh, a dice with all of the stages on it, <laughs> and people would just spam that every time someone tried to select the stage and it got the wrong one. It was uh, it was really bad. <laughs> and going to like Yoshi's story five times in a row, and I remember it was something ridiculous like that, and somebody on the mic was saying, "I mean, come on, this cannot possibly be random." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so those were those were the days, but. What was your reaction to when the the Project Slippy Twitter drops the big news? Rollback netcode. Did you even know what rollback netcode was at the time? I, I have to assume you had a better inkling than I did because I had no clue. Honestly, um, not so much. I mean, it was hyped up as like a really big thing. And then I'm like, oh, this sounds like, like people are saying this is going to like change the game and like save Melee and all this. Um, and then when I, you know, talk to a couple people about it, they're like, yeah, this is huge. Like, I'm like, oh, wow. And then I played it for the first time. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like going from three years of online events to this all of a sudden, um, was like a game changer. I can tell right away. And I was able to play my friend from Florida, you know, get 60 ping. Uh, and normally there'd be like, you know, eight, eight buffer on old rollback, which is like, I don't know, three, four frames of delay i have no clue um to just like a smooth connection all the way through and it was it was huge and i'm just thinking to myself from your perspective you had about as good of, as an idea of anyone at the time because you're running the save as untitled series would you have said before that drop at the end of june of 2020 that melee was dying would you have said that um Maybe not at the time. I think I remember the Untitled Tournaments having less entrance. Like, it went from 120, 30, 40, you know, people when it was really getting into, like, the first two months or so. Into, like, you know, kind of staying around 100. Eh, like, not really. Um, and uh, it was, you know, it was, it was tough. I wouldn't say it was dying, but it was definitely... Uh, I think gonna go into like a dark a dark phase and then rollback comes out and there's like over 200 people sign up for that untitled I think I'm like what the hell is going on and since then it's just been 
this very slow arcing, but very purposeful intention of making the experience better and better. Of course, Fezzi does not have unlimited resources, but any chance that we get on Bottom of the Smash Mountain to thank Fizzy for online rollback, we do. So thank you, Fizzy. And now that we're getting into the summer of 2020, of course, I don't want you to feel like you have to go super deep into this or anything. We can spend as little or as much time as you want to, but there was also a lot of negative things that were happening at that time. So it was all, it was very strange. It was such a strange time frame because for as many cool things that were happening for Melee, but that the flip side of that coin is that there was also negative things happening and across the Smash community as a whole. But you're you're sort of seeing everything from the TO perspective from someone who's a little bit more involved behind the scenes. So if if we only spend time of, for just this one question, I guess from an overarching perspective of the whole time, were you thinking to yourself, this is this is going to ultimately become something that binds everyone together or, or pushes in a new, better direction? Or did you feel like this is this is the sort of thing that can make a community go from being a vibrant, positive one to being really negative or just not existing at all? I mean, obviously what happened in the summer with all the allegations is like super tragic. Um, and if, if I may just speak for a moment, like the person who won my first tournament uh, on the ultimate bracket uh, ended up being outed. Um, and just knowing, you know, I hadn't really known anyone personally who uh, I had met who had been uh, outed or anything with all these allegations. And when that one wasn't like, brought to light, I uh, I was really shocked and just really frustrated. I know a lot of people who uh, went to my ultimate tournaments and I'm friends with were, were they felt the same way. And it, it was just really sad, uh, especially, you know, because as as a minor, thankfully, I'm, I'm lucky. I've had very positive experiences uh, at all the tournaments I've been to. I've always felt very welcomed, even though I was so young, you know, I, I felt comfortable going to like Smash Fest at like people's houses who I've I've never met. Unfortunately, it wasn't the same story for everyone, um, my age. And I think that we really need to work on that for sure, uh, in terms of making sure that this never, never, ever happens again. Uh, and just you know, working through all of the uh, precautions that we take in place, because I again I think I think Smash is super important obviously on the ultimate side um there are a lot more younger players out there but melee has them too you know again myself included and i think without smash i would be a completely different person and i i think that you know for for their sakes for the you know younger players out there we we really need to do a better job in terms of you know getting or at least just do do a job in the first place to work out these uh, precautions and make sure everyone is safe and welcomed at every event. It it does seem just based off of my own recollection of the events as they sort of unfolded over the internet. And that's the, for me, that's my own perspective. I didn't know any of the, any of these individuals personally or, or the people that were bringing the stories to light, you know, for, for bravely sharing their stories and, and saying this this is something that has happened didn't know but 
I I was just happy that like for in terms of for starters, if you will, I was happy that the community overall was like, we, we need to believe the people that are that are bringing these stories. We can't just dismiss them and say, oh, it's about uh, either a, a known person in the community, a popular person in the community, be that a, a streamer or a player or, or whoever. We have to just dismiss the accusation or the allegation. I was really, I, I honestly relieved when the overall theme was, we have to listen. We, we, we have to start by believing and saying, we value the fact that you came forward. Let's let's sort this out. Let's go through all that. Something that has happened since that I that I do wish didn't happen, but I could also flip side sort of understand why it did was the the smash code of conduct panel disbanding. I think it was towards the end of last year in December of last year when they officially disbanded. I I, I do wish that at some point a code of conduct panel that's smash related or or melee ultimate focused however you want to phrase it uh, eventually comes back into in some form or other i i know that a lot of people in terms of the grassroots perspective or the grassroots spirit don't really like the idea of the sort of gathered national level or global level groups saying hey you need to do this at your specific local but i think that a lot of people seem open to the idea, like you were saying, of saying, we we got to be better than just going, oh, everyone's fine. We're just assuming everyone's fine. We have to be better than that and say, are we actually asking the right questions anytime there's either minors involved or, or a group of vulnerability involved, What, however you want to define it. So if you want to say what you want to say with that or, or wrap it up, we can move on after you have a few more thoughts that you want to share. Or don't want to share. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think the code of conduct panel, which you brought up, was uh, super important. Some people were were critical of it, um, but I think that having some sort of body to look at all of these allegations and the sensitive information um, is is crucial on a on a national level. And I fully support an idea of something like that coming back um, because it's it's about building the foundation. Like we may think that. Uh, the, you know, that's it, right? Like everyone came forward with their stories, but you know, they're, you know, obviously we don't want to think about, you know, if there are any more, but it's obviously a possibility that we have to be prepared for, uh, to make sure that we have the groundwork set up so that victims can come forward and share their stories, um, and make sure that none of these people are in the community. So I think, I think a panel would be, would be really great for that. There's just so many different angles to look at in terms of where to go from here. But yes, it it's gonna it's not gonna look how anyone specifically wants it to be. That is the ultimate it's not great that it that it that it's that way, but when you have a big group, a community of people having having one approach is gonna make hopefully the majority like feel welcome, safe, happy, and maybe there'll be a few people that are either disappointed with it or whatever. But hopefully, hopefully we can find as close to a perfect solution as, as we can. And I'm just happy that the community as a whole wants to wants to do that. So after getting well not getting past, but when we talk about towards the end of summer into fall of 2020 did you think to yourself i'm starting to sort of see 
a little bit of a dying off, if you will, of the excited people about Slippy Rollback and that sort of thing, starting to see a dip in the entry numbers? Or what was it like for you during that time towards the like the beginning of fall of 2009 or 2020, excuse me. Yeah, I think there was, there was a bit of a fall off there. Um, a lot of the, um, like other smash players, whether it be ultimate or P plus or whatever, um, trying out slippy and rollback, like definitely started to die down there. Um, there was a lot of interest at first, but you know, I mean, everyone kind of goes back to the game that they, that they normally play after some time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, even within the melee community, I was, I was feeling burnout. So I know a lot of other people must have felt the same way. Entrant numbers were kind of dying down. There wasn't anything with, uh, you know, any huge circuits or anything. I guess there was, there was LACS, um, and, you know, Summit. But I mean, in terms of like the average, like weekly or whatever, um, I think, I think it was starting to die off. And from my own perspective, there sort of started to be a little bit of a peak in, of interest again when the first SCL at the time known as Slippy Champions League, but has since rebranded very <laughs> cleverly to the Summit Champions League. When that first came up, this was the, I want to say the start of October or something like that. You can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but I feel like a different approach to the average double elimination bracket that, and also there's just a lot of events that happen pretty much every day for melee and rollback specifically. But I felt like SCL when it first came around the corner from BTS smash was when there started to go, Oh, wait a minute. We're going to get all the top players playing again, at least in North America. Would you have said that as well? Or when did you first start to see a peak in inch of interest in Melee again, if you will? Or when it started to have some hype around it again? No, I think that was definitely a big catalyst for getting the getting the community back. Because uh, a lot of people, a lot of my friends, were entering the qualifiers. You know, a lot of them were done through Rollback Rumble. Uh, and those were like paid entry. And those would still get like huge amounts of, of people signing up because the idea of being in a summit is, is crazy, you know, uh, like open entry summit, like that hasn't really, I mean, there, there have been the vote in sure, but like through solely your play, unless you're like a, a top 10 player, you're not, you're not getting into a summit. So the idea was, was really cool and also allowed for these newer, not newer, but, uh, people who really blew up during the rollback era and the netplay era, like kind of showed just how how good they were against the top level of competition people like aklo lsd ben like slug even um people who you might have known if you were in their region but really got to show on a national level how good they were and you're right i i wouldn't have known as much specifically about the voting process i was there for the voting process of smash summit nine i want to say i believe that was the one at the beginning of 2020 it was like the valentine's themed one <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the chemistry rating before each set, by the way. That was fun. Um, <laughs> but you're right. The I, I, Having the idea of being, you know, if you play well enough to qualify and if you can play well enough to get into Division 2, then, then you're, you're just in SCL. You're just there. I feel like that was and is still the continual question that maybe perhaps some of the people 
some of the discourse around Melee will get into when somebody says, oh, I didn't know that Melee was still a thing. Maybe Melee's dead. And then we talk about marketing for a week. But the point is, is that <laughs> anytime we're talking about the online scape, the, the realm of rollback, I'm curious from your own perspective of how many times you've thought to yourself, is there a way to freshen up this approach of something besides double elimination or something besides crews, something besides doubles, which only recently started to become a thing because Enzyme, shout out to Enzyme for building this the doubles build. But anyway, did you think to yourself, man, I really want to just do something different that'll stick besides this double elimination bracket style event? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. And it's a conversation that I've had with, with some TOs recently about how do we how do we mix it up? Um, I know Sean came on here last episode and was talking about like how do we make the bender, the Ulsimele bender, feel like a major? Not only for the TOs because we had a we had a great time, uh, but also for the players. How do we get them involved? And I it was hard to kind of really think of that. I think with the locals that have implemented amateur brackets that helps it's just another single limb or double limb bracket but it gets more players involved more experience for like the newer players who came in during the rollback era but yeah some other format that that kind of is like incorporated it's uh it's hard to kind of shift it up i feel like sometimes and kind of think outside of the box but i really like the direction that summit is going with uh with with sel and uh you know giving more than just like a double elimination type of type of thing you know the the secret in all of this the the thing that not a lot of people ha have said and i just thought of it so maybe i'm <laughs> maybe i haven't heard anybody say it yet but if there was something else that was better and more exciting we would have obviously done that by now right <laughs> i mean i i would hope so <laughs> <laughs> So when people talk about, how, man, how would we make online events more exciting? I'm only asking you because you have the experience. I'm, I'm just more of the along the lines of a spectator that is, I would say, fairly obsessed with watching Melee. So especially I'm impressed with myself with, with watching online stuff in particular because I, I'm, I'm fully aware that we don't pull in on a regular basis. We don't pull in 100,000 people watching like there used to be for the really big majors like Genesis and and the big house. So I wanted to rewind just a little bit once more to the end of last year where this was already a wild up and down year, but then <laughs> as if it couldn't get any crazier, the cease and desist letter. What was your reaction when that announcement came from the big house and juggle Rob is saying, yeah, we, we got shut down. Yeah, that, um, I mean, it's classic Nintendo, unfortunately, when it comes to the Melee community, but, um, it is something that I guess wasn't all that surprising, because Nintendo had done it before for EVO 2013, where, you know, the Melee community raised, like, over $100,000 for charity, or almost $100,000. 94000 uh, yes. Yeah, it, it's insane that, you know that they did it for a charity event like like Evo and then doing it for for Big House as well which had an ultimate event you know thinking that it wasn't just the melee event but the ultimate event as well 
So it's, uh, I mean, we, we figure out a way to get around it through our other events. You know, obviously having a Nintendo sponsorship seems to be what uh, Nintendo is looking at when it comes to running these online Melee events. And uh, the Smash World Tour has had to work around that with a panel instead of open qualifiers like Ultimate's doing. So, I mean, yeah, it it sucks to have to deal with the obstacle that is Nintendo and not ever being able to kind of like punch up at them and kind of get back at them for shutting down like a grassroots event like this. Well, I feel like we do punch up a little bit, just not in the way that we want to. Obviously, it would be cool to walk into the either the corporate headquarters of Nintendo of America or even the corporate head cover, head. Oh boy, the headquarters over in Japan and be like, guess what? We're doing this, so screw you guys. No, we wouldn't necessarily be able to do it like that, even if we want to. But I loved the Squid House. So I don't know how much of that you remember seeing unfold, but the the Splatoon community getting involved and there was even like these stories coming out from the arms community. I found some great articles that were years old detailing all of these different things that Nintendo had either shut down or cease and desisted and just been a really just really downer of a company to be associated with it to any degree <laughs> because of because of these shutting down things for the Nintendo ninjas who are listening I'm not saying you're bad by default I'm just saying by shutting all this stuff down you're, you're really uncool you get it and <laughs> I love the squid house and that also kind of went into LACS3 the you know what I don't I can't even pronounce Ludwig's last name I always overthink it but the LACS3 to cap off the year with 5 days of melee as well did did you have any involvement with any of the things that I just said I named a lot of events but did you have any uh, involvement with them not LACS3 not um 5 days of melee unfortunately I played in 5 days of melee which was which was kind of cool Woo! very cool event so yeah, uh, I think I think I did okay. Maybe like one and two. <laughs> Let's go, but, um, Axis. Yeah. So uh, I was not involved as a as a TO on that, and I was still kind of you know doing my thing with like smaller events like Untitled or like the the weekly events. Um, so yeah, I think I think ben, the Bender was uh, my first like really big like online thing I did besides you know getting the Untitled uh, gig, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. So. Was it that? Yeah, but I mean, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. No, I was just going to ask. Was it just a simple matter of you open up Discord one day and there is the all-important DM from Patty yeah. saying you are going to be on this amazing team and this amazing journey, and you say yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it was. It was kind of something like that. Um, I got a DM from the Also Melee Twitter, and they're like, "Yo." you have any anything planned for like april 3rd i'm like uh no but like you want to like share me on that and they're like yeah we're just working on this huge tournament um we want you to be a part of the to team because we really like your work and i was like yeah like please sign me up i'm i'm down and uh you know got in that discord right away and started going to the meetings with patty and Austin melee and everyone else involved and yeah, that was just a really amazing event to be a part of. Like everyone on that team is absolutely amazing. Big love, big shout outs to Alston Melee. The Bender was super fun to watch, and it did, I think, 
the the aim of saying this is not going to just be another online thing that succeeded and i know that the to team the which you are a part of and everybody involved with austin melee wants the next one whatever that ends up being whatever the next one is it doesn't even have to be like a tournament but whatever <laughs> the next big project is they want it to be like bigger and better than ever and i respect that so much but it did really feel different than the I guess you would say the prototypical online event. And it was really cool how it was sort of along the same veins of five days of melee where it was like content. It's just going to be streamed straight all the way through. And we got all these fun little ideas like the dealer, no deal thing. I mean, it was super, super fun to watch. Yeah. And, you know, being, you know, with the, the people who made all of the content, um, you know, like the, the, Jeopardy, like you said, or the not 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 the Jeopardy, but the uh, Deal or No Deal, the uh, top one hundred, like guess the player that LSD was on, was really cool. I really like that, and a lot of the podcasts as well. Yours was on there, I know. A few other podcasts like Calvar, uh, people who normally don't uh, do con- content or that sort of thing, uh, which was which was really cool to see. And yeah, I mean, I think it really succeeded. Patty is a an amazing person to work under. He's a freaking visionary. Like, I can't say enough good things about him uh, because he really just had like an idea from the go and just perfected it like so well. And it, I'm I'm really excited about how how it went and. For, for my own little part, that was really fun to be involved. Yes, to just to the teeny, teeny little part that I got to play and all that. It is it was it was sort of a dream come true sort of a thing. So afterwards, now we're in the we're in the present as of right now. In your own mind, you're probably trying to both plan other things with in terms of collaborating it seems to be a big theme of the year so far honestly 2021 seems to be a big theme of collabs with like five days of melee kind of kicking that off in december of last year but you're probably thinking about that but also your own stuff i mean you're hopefully going to be able to run in-person events again at some point as of right now what are you thinking in terms of melee plans in your own head that you feel comfortable sharing you don't have to share everything but just like where are you at now with being a melee to and other games to but where are you at right now i am definitely looking forward to offline events again i was tweeting about it earlier and kind of asking around there's been some uh talks between the tos about when everything is kind of gonna you know relaunch and be back into like locals and that sort of thing making sure it's all safe uh from a covid perspective and also what we talked about earlier with um you know making sure that everyone is safe um you know especially like minors and and that sort of thing making sure everyone is comfortable uh in a local tournament but i am really looking forward to getting some locals back i really want to do a second garden state smashdown which uh, the first one was a huge success. Uh, I a really fun story from the first one, actually. If I could go on a bit of a tangent. Oh yes, was... please tangent. Okay. Um, so the first one was, I mean, you know how tournaments are, and you know how people are with signing up. And like a week before the event, I wasn't sure um, if I was gonna break even 
on the event. And then I thankfully did about a week before. And then as people started like signing up, you know, last second, it's the day of have like go from like 50 people, like maybe a week or two before the event to 120. And I'm like, all right, I'm content. I have Ryo beat here. I have Calvar here, you know, two top hundred players. I have a lot of the New Jersey, like melee PR. Like I'm happy with this event. This went amazing. And then I got a DM from hacks and I kind of jumped out of my seat. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, and he's like, yo, I'm going to be at this tournament. And it's really cool because Hacks kind of inspired me to play Pink Captain Falcon. Uh, I wasn't sure when I was first starting to play Melee what color I should choose. I thought Neutral Falcon is pretty cool, which it still is. But then I saw Hacks and I'm like, all right, um, Pink Captain Falcon, that's it. So he was like kind of an inspiration for me. And he showed up and then he won the tournament and he's like, yo, like we got to talking at the end and he's like, yo, this was like a great tournament. Like you did a really good job. Like, thank you so much for having me and all this. And it was, it was honestly like a dream. I was like floating on a cloud um, during, during those final moments of the tournament. I can't believe you thought to yourself, I'm going to, I'm not going to break even like <laughs> you're running a melee event. Sorry. No, I couldn't help myself. That is such a cool little story. I mean, in the in the grand scheme of all things melee, right? You you're thinking to yourself, I want to play, and then I want to help out with streaming, and then I want to run my own thing online. I want to run my own thing offline. I'm gonna run a freaking regional, mm -hmm. and then all these top 100 players are showing up. New Jersey PR showing up, and this is all so already so overwhelming. But then hacks money, that is very very cool. Yeah, it was. Uh... Like I said, it was like it was like a dream, honestly, to have have him there and just have the event go so well. And honestly, it was uh, the first time I had met a lot of people in New Jersey Melee specifically because um, my local like was pretty out of the way for for most Melee tournaments in New Jersey. So I got to meet um, people from out of state as well, uh, you know, from Philly area, Delaware, had a carpool going, New York City showed up pretty big. So just meeting everyone from like around the area and like getting to like finally talk to these people who I had been watching at my locals for like months on end and seen in like the Facebook groups and all that. Like it was, it was great. It was honestly just like an amazing event. What keeps you going then Axis? Because you had such a great first run and then COVID and then everything else. Like I just can't imagine your own perspective. It'd be like me if I had, I guess, if I were to talk to a particularly well-known Melee player, right? And then everybody just ignores me for the next 18 months. <laughs> How do you just keep going and keep saying to yourself, we'll get back there, we'll get back there? It's honestly just like the, it's just like the joy that like tournaments bring, honestly. Like, there was a lot, like, I got a lot out of, like, just seeing people at the event, and they're just, like, sitting down, and they're, like, playing friendlies, or they're at the TO desk talking with me, and then at the end of the day, they're just like, yo, thank you so much, I'll be here next week. Like, like that is, like, honestly, one of the best things a, a TO can hear, is, is that, and I really want to get back to that point, because you don't hear as much of, like, the thank yous and stuff in online era and i'm i'm guilty of it too 
um, where I enter events out, you know, I'm, I'm not in the discord. I don't say thank you, but like, you know, definitely like thank your TOs, like, because that's, that's what keeps them going. And just thinking of the next big event, you know, like I was kind of getting burnt out of TOing online because it had been going on so long and I, I hadn't really, you know, uh, been motivated to work on like bigger events or any projects. I just kind of wanted to wait until offline was back. And then also Melee hits me up and then I have like an amazing weekend working with them. And all of a sudden it's like, I want to get back there. I want to do more. You know, I want to work on like the next, the next major, you know, Glint summer open. I want to work on freaking, if I could get on summit champions league, you know, like work on every single event I possibly can. Um, because it, it just brings me like so much joy. Thank you. TOs going to pull the, Firepuff 12 on a Monday instead of a Thursday. But thank you, TOs. And yes, Axis, thank you for your part. You've obviously done so, 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 so much. And I don't really want to wrap up on that, but it feels like a wrap-up point. Are you good to keep going, or do you want to wrap up? Uh, I'm good to keep going. I'm, I'm fine. Cool, 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 cool. Because we, we should probably talk about a little bit. This is sort of cheating for me. I can't help myself. <laughs> I'm thinking I do want to talk about the week two of SCL two, but also want to be respectful of your time. So if you feel good about that, I'd like to hear your own reaction, just your whatever comes to mind from watching the matches yesterday. You were you were talking with me before we started recording saying you didn't catch every one of them. Well, I didn't catch every single one of them either. But we have the internet. We could pull up the set counts and whatnot. Yep. But what do you remember from this weekend and watching all the matches? Um, I was really excited to see Godsu play. That was one thing. Was Godsu? Um, what what was he? He was Division Two because he qualified through the first week. Yep. And then he beat Nun three zero, yep. which was huge. Nun kind of you know. Didn't look to be playing so well, unfortunately. I'm a I'm a Nun fan. Uh, you know, it, it, it sucks to see. I mean, he really kind of got screwed over by the format, I, I'd say, because he is... Uh, what, is he just out? He's he's out of Division 2? So the Division 2 relegation matches, yeah, he has to play Plup, and Plup, of course, is a Sheik who's very, very good at fighting Captain Falcon, and Plup wins 3-0 over Nun, and now... None is out of Division Two and Division One. He's just like completely out as of right now. Yes. Yeah, that that really sucks because uh, None's a really good player. And I mean, Godsu I think is super good, and people sleep on him. Uh, and I think he, I from what I've seen him play in the Falcon Ditto, uh, he's also very very good at that matchup. I'd say. Um, and then yeah, just. Pup, you know, Sheik versus Falcon, that's a matchup that I personally hate as a Falcon player. Um, I can never really figure that one out. Uh, and at a, at a top level, I mean, watching that set, Plup was just, like, all over him. Gets a grab, like, tech chase, re-grab on the platform. Like, it, it, it just looks so frustrating to deal with. I was impressed with Gatsu not only... And of course, I guess we should say Nun has n not just been dealing with the normal day-to-day -day stuff that Melee players, especially the top players, deal with. And also, uh, a few more things. I believe his his father might be in the in the hospital still, or or, or was at least at for a little while. So, 
hopeful for the recovery there. But whatever else is on Nunn's plate, I hope that at some point that's able to smooth out at some point and we'll see the the return of qualifier Nunn. That would be insane to see Nunn just completely tear through a qualifier bracket. But for, for Gatsu, I was impressed, especially by going to Game 5 against Moki and then taking that as well to get into Division 1. Now Gatsu is in Division 1 after just getting into Division 2 last week, then wins this week, and wins the Division 1 relegation match to start in Division 1. Not, not this upcoming weekend. They're taking a break, but then the weekend after that, so that would be May 2nd, is when we'll get to see more Gatsu playing in Division 1. That's just crazy. Yeah. So that's really good stuff to Gatsu. Yeah, for sure. But, and uh, No, sorry, go ahead. What else were you looking at for the matches in the weekend overall? The ones that I was looking at was the Kodorin? I say Kodorin. I've heard it pronounced both ways, though. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with uh, Kodorin versus Ben. That set was really tough nail-biter. I know they introed it as, like, they play, like, three times a week in, like, TMT. Um but I really enjoyed watching that set. Uh, I know Kadoran had some audio issues, uh, which really sucks game five as well. But I mean, the rest of that set, they were just kind of scrapping and trading back and forth. And it was it was cool to see, you know, like Ben. Ben is like the same age as, as me, I think. I think we're both 18, which is crazy to think about. And uh, he is an insanely good player. Seeing him, you know, qualify for Division Two is is great. And I was especially impressed with Game 5, where once Kadoran slowed it down, I was thinking to myself, this is the sort of thing where a more experienced player can sort of take advantage of the situation being, I am behind right now, but if I slow this down, the other player who is really trying to get into Division 2, this is SEL, this is a really big deal, might try to force it, but... Mm. Ben stayed really patient even in game five. And yeah, there were there were some other things happening, the audio issues notwithstanding. I was very impressed by Ben's play overall, and especially the mentality. It seemed to be just really important that he didn't let it slip away because he gave up a he gave up a one stock lead in the fourth game on Pokemon Stadium, if I recall correctly. He was up two stocks to one and, and lost that. As I recall, I might be I might be wrong. I mm. might be mixing that up with another set, but that game five on Fountain of Dreams, just throwing needles, letting Kadoran grab the ledge over so and over patient. again. I'm thinking, don't force it, don't force it. It just it seems like the easiest thing in the world to try to make something happen, but that is a Marth with ledge invincibility, and you do not <laughs> want to mess with that. <laughs> so I was yeah, I was so, very impressed. So patient. Yeah. He he did a great job. I would rush in there because I cannot wait that long, especially in such a high, you know, it's such an intense situation. Yeah, it's game five, last stock, last, not last hit per se. Okay, it's like running at like maybe 13% damage or whatever. But yeah, I was really impressed by that. And then the set that I was mentioning to you that I got to see and that I was blown away by was how close it was between Hungrybox and IBDW. I'm I'm remembering the first to five set that they played for five thousand dollars or something a few months ago oh and God. how IBDW crushed him. I think they were tied at one game apiece or two games apiece, 
but then IBDW just clicked on something and unlocked the next level and has really not at all given had any problems beating Hungrybox since then. I, I don't think that Hungrybox has taken a rollback set even. I'm not even sure if he has. If he has, it's probably just been the one or two times out of the 10 sets or so that they've played. Just just me totally, totally not actually pulling up a number on a website or anything. This is off of my own memory. But that was that was impressive to me that it was game five and it was last hit. And, you know, kudos to IBDW for clutching it out. Yeah, that uh, that set was much closer um, than most of the sets. I would say I was gonna say much much closer than you'd expect, but I mean, at the end of the day, it is H box. I think he's starting to get back into form. Not obviously where he was, you know, number one in the world before COVID, but um, yeah, he's definitely starting to get back into form. I I think, and couldn't clutch up this time against IBDW, but. Every game that I watched in that set was just so intense. So, so intense. And you could see it from, like, the pop-offs that, like, Hungrybox and IVDW were doing. Uh, it was uh, probably my favorite set of of the day, maybe. It was certainly up there. Definitely, like, a nail-biting and just you you were glued to the screen the whole way through and i think that there was some of that and i said it already but there was a little bit of the fox versus puff fatigue from the armada hbox days when they were always in grand finals but there hasn't been as much of it so i think everyone as a whole has gotten to reset a little bit and watching ibdw play as fox is always a treat of course and i guess speaking of caveats i watched the interview afterwards and ibdw was saying he was playing on a controller that he wasn't used to. It was a good controller, but it wasn't one that he was used to. And then he's trying to do the little tiny muscle memory habits on the old controller, but playing on a new controller. So that notwithstanding, it was a close set. You could tell they both really wanted it. You know, IBDW really wants to stay in Division One and have a crack at Mango and Zane again. And then for Hungrybox, he's trying to get a spot into Smash Summit 11, which as of now is allegedly going to be held in person that's very exciting to think about that possibility and we all know how much Hungrybox has said yeah just 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 wait until i can play back on the offline world again the LAN world again uh, hey <laughs> i'm excited to see everybody play offline again <laughs> yeah those reaction like reaction read rest that he was doing on the platform he got so many of those um and I think that's even scarier when you bring it to an offline setting. Um, so, yeah, I think I think HBox will get back there at some point, you know, for Summit 11 offline, hopefully. Um, we kind of we kind of see like HBox back in form because, you know, it's uh, I mean, a lot of it is Mango Zane right now from from what we're looking. Obviously, um, some players have not been as involved like Mewtwo King. I'm not even sure if he, you know, is, is going to come back. I, I know he probably won't be at Summit, but I hope when tournaments are back in full force, he kind of he kind of makes the return. But yeah, just seeing HBox in, in full form, I think at an offline event, Zayn, Mango, all these, all these guys, I'm super excited. The last set that I'll mention is Wizro versus Keizu, a rematch actually, because 
Last week, they had to play each other. Wizrobe to defend his spot in Division One. Keizu trying to get into Division One, and it happened again this week. So Wizrobe didn't win in a super dominant fashion last week, but it was 3-1, or maybe it was even 3-0. But this time it was Game 5, last stock, last hit. And the... I don't know if you were able to see it, but all of a sudden I'm a really, <laughs> all of a sudden I'm a really big fan of the Peach versus Falcon matchup. <laughs> Keizu is such a good player, and so is Wizrobe, and I I wasn't sure who was going to win. I was thinking, oh man, like the rematch factor that was really cool to see. So they're really starting to build a little bit of a rivalry, if you will. But that was a really fun set as well. I wanted to make sure that went mentioned. Were you able to watch that one, or did you not catch it? I don't think I was able to watch that one, but I mean, Keizu is such a super sick peach, and that's a tough matchup. Like, I, I think that 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 one kind of sucks. I'm not gonna lie for Peach. Um, but uh, I mean, bringing it to Game Five against Wizro, like coast to coast, you could say on that one. Like, there are all these co- uh, caveats that that we have with the online events, like we're talking about controller is not working and and all of this and rollback but um i mean really like that's impressive to bring it to game five against against wizard and i hope maybe a third week in a row i'm not sure if wizard would want that with the progression casey has had in the past two weeks but uh maybe we see it a third time in the in two weeks That'd be wild. I'll just walk you through the the very end of game five. More or less came down to Keizu having a fresh stock versus Wizrobe high percentage stock. And Keizu gets Wizrobe off stage. It's on Pokemon Stadium. Gets him off stage. And Wizrobe does something that I've only just recently began to notice. And it's thanks to Mango giving Scar lessons, which is a wild timeline as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's super cool that Mega's like teaching Scar how to do the online modern world of Melee. Anyway, <laughs> teaching Scar about different ways to fade back, not just the obvious recover high, pretend like you're going to go on stage as Falcon, but then fade back to ledge. That we all we all are aware of that. But you can even do the tiniest bit of fading back going for ledge. You could do the tiniest bit of fade back with just a double jump or even with your upy recovery and you can avoid a grounded attack from the opponent, even like Falco's dare or as some of Marth's moves, probably not the down tilt, but you get it. And hmm. Keizu was ready with a nair, but it just missed. And Wizro gets back on stage uh, after grabbing the ledge and then clutches out the stock. It was, it was so wild to see. It's just the tiny little moments that happen. It all comes down to like pixels of space. It, it was so wild to watch. Wizrobe is so good at doing stuff like that. I've been watching more of his sets, like trying to analyze them. And he is really good at just like having these, like just the perfect spacing on all of his aerials and like his recoveries like that. It's really insane to like watch that and be like, oh, I just have to like be like, you know, pixel perfect on this. And then, and then maybe I could get a punish here like Wizrobe would. Um, and obviously that's like before even like the combo game begins and we all know how good wizard is in the in the combo game so yeah he is insanely good and uh really a, a pioneer for falcon i think in in the modern day for sure and so it's going to be an exciting 
It's going to be an exciting SCL week three, but it's not happening this upcoming weekend. It will be in two weekends, May 1st and 2nd, the qualifier tournament, and then the May 2nd being the SCL day where you get to see Division Two and Division One. But other than that, I want to make sure that we roll out the red carpet, if you will, not to steal too much material from Sean Evans, but please, Axis, tell the people where they can find you, offer some closing thoughts, all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, so you could find me on Twitter and Twitch at Axis SSBM. I don't stream as much on Twitch anymore. I used to, um, but been kind of busy recently, but I'm pretty active on Twitter. Uh, I also have a, I guess like a tournament event page that I have on Twitter, which you said at the beginning, at GS Smash, Garden State Gaming. Um, kind of just where I post mostly my offline events, which, you know, as I said before, they'll be coming back soon. So if you're in the tri-state area and looking for melee or ultimate events, uh, you could you could check that out or just my regular Twitter. And yeah, I think that's about it. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you so much for coming on Bottom of the Smash Mountain for for yeah, this has been a really fun conversation. So thank you for coming on again, Axis. Thank you. Why is it so quiet? Oh right, transition. We made it. Another conversation in the books. Wow. I have been on a slight tear. Slight. It's not like it's been every day that I've been pushing out a podcast episode, but we have been definitely doing some podcast numbers in terms of the amount of the ones that I'm putting out. Can you tell that it's the end of the day for me yet? Hey, let's talk about a few things that I wanted to get to before we wrap up today, before we move on. A couple of exciting announcements, if you will. My favorite of which is the announcement from the Rollback Rumble team that's headed up, that's led by Homemade Waffles, the big one. That's right. That's the name of their major. They're having that July 9th through the 11th. No, 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 no. July 5th through the 11th. That's right. It is not just for a weekend. It's for like a whole freaking week pretty much that they're going to be offering a qualifying spot for Smash Summit 11. How wild is that? In other words, if you are the highest qualifying placed person in the tournament, let's say you get fourth place you go on this amazing tournament run and so first second and third placers are people who are already going to smash summit 11 that means you would be going to smash summit 11 also oh <gasps> that's wild yes that's right it could be you it could be me it will not be me it could be anyone except me and i'm so excited about the fact that Rollback Rumble gets to be involved, not just in terms of being out there doing work, if you will, providing excellent entertainment and great brackets and all-around fun times, thanks to the entire team at Rollback Rumble. So shout-outs to everybody there. Not just Homemade Waffles, but also Jade, Shiggles, and Deadstorm, I believe. Did I get... Yeah, Shiggles and Deadstorm as well. Okay, great. So... <laughs> I thought I might have screwed up the names. I should have had them in front of me. That's on me. So you get it. It's not just homemade waffles. It's Jade. It's Shiggles. It's Deadstorm. And probably more, but that's who's listed. If you go to at Rollback Rumble on Twitter, that's who's listed 
on the bio. They also have merch. So while we're talking about Rollback Rumble, check out the merch as well. Okay, that's really exciting news. In other words, it's possible there have been murmurs, rumblings, whispers, even mentions on this very podcast you're listening to that Smash Summit 11 will be an in-person event. Now, of course, this is an invitational and it's very, very small. So it makes sense that that possibility is there because everybody would hopefully be vaxxed up. Everybody's hopefully going to be following all the safety precaution guideline stuff things. Hopefully that can all happen. If it turns out to be an online event, still fun, still sick. We are all obviously very excited about the return of in-person events. Hey, Axis included, myself included. And we were talking about that, that you were just listening to that conversation for. But of course, safety is important. And following guidelines and all that kind of stuff is still important. Even if we want to say, screw it, and go in and rush down your opponent. Not to make it sound like Mango all the time, but in other words... We want to make sure that it's all done as safely as possible. Good thing I'm not in charge of any of these decisions. I am so not in charge of that, and all I get to do is react to it on this podcast. That's all I got to worry about doing. So there you go. You have the reaction. That's really exciting news, and that's about all I have. There's probably other things that I'm forgetting of that I'll be very upset that I forgot about, but that's why there's always going to be the next time, and hopefully you will join me on Bottom of Smash Mountain for the next one. And until then, hope you enjoy the rest of your day, evening, morning snack, midnight snack, the all-around good snacks.